I'm Tim Cask, and I'm getting ready to go to the North Texas RPG Con next weekend. The Saber Die guys are going to be down there with me, and I'm going to be playing OD&D, the original. Why don't you think long and hard about coming on down and seeing us next weekend in Texas? Through the door, you find a small room filled with golden jewels. And a red dragon, he starts to breathe. Save or die! The Save or Die Podcast, a podcast about classic Dungeons and Dragons. Bring on your goblin holes and band of oaks, hulking zombies and bulls, and oh no, the troll don't slow me down, oh no. We're, we're never going to get this episode started. <laughs> can, I, can I start the show, Mike? So, go ahead. Oh, thank you. Hi, folks. Save or die. DM Glenn here. This is number I for. Oh, wait a minute. Wrong show. Sorry. Mike? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Are, are you Thaco's hammering again, Glenn? I guess I. Well, I get it out of my system, so I say the email address right. <laughs> I think in acting parlance, you were just upstaged, Mike. Ah. Mm. Remember, so- if you can't get help at Charter, please get help with somebody. <laughs> You're so cruel, Jim. <laughs> this is DM Mike with Save or Die, episode 92. With me, as you heard earlier, is the two-fisted, hard-drinking DM Glenn. Hi. <laughs> the most adorable cobalt queen in the universe, DM Liz. Squee! <laughs> and DM Jim, savior of the universe. <laughs> I'll do the casting around here, Babaloo, and don't you forget it. I thought Jim was the cute one. <laughs> Not if you're a kobold. Ah, got it. Or, we, or, a, we, or a, we switch out. Or yeah. a steward. It, it's, it's hard work being the cute one all the time, so we, we kind of switch back and forth. I don't know. I hate seeing the kobold queen leave, but I love watching her walk away. Hey, <laughs> 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 Well, I'll get my granddaughter in here if you ever want to take a break, Liz. Okay. Yeah, she's I've five. Seen, she's I've five, seen pictures but... of her in the little pink dress and everything. It's like, oh. <laughs> she is adorable, and she's eternal cute. Yes, eternal cute. All right. Well, this episode we're dealing with con. <laughs> yep. It had to be said. It did. It's going to be some true. This is easy artwork for the website. All I need is William Shatner's face. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I remember when I told Liz the, the title for this episode and she's like, ew, ew. <laughs> the, uh, the, this is being recorded three days before North Texas RPG Con and so we're all stoked and pumped. Three or four days, depending on who you talk to, whether or not Wednesday is actually a day or not. Well, a lot of things seem to be happening on Wednesday. Yeah, so, so to me, that means it's starting. The tell day. me about it. Anyway, so, and so because we, we got some gripes about the last episode, we are going to talk about what we have done in gaming since the last episode this time around. And we're going to start with DM Jim. 
we got gripes about not yeah. talking about what we did in gaming. Yeah. Oh, I thought oh, it would be my the other DM way around. and one of the players griped about it first thing when we came in okay. for the game. Well, wow. Uh, so our personal gaming group, we had a couple of people. It's like, why didn't you talk about our game? Oh, did you well. punch them? <laughs> That makes With the unsaid, here I went and actually listened to your stupid podcast and <laughs> didn't even talk about us. Did you punch him? No, he's the DM. Oh, okay. <laughs> he punched your DM in the face. <laughs> <laughs> what role play? <laughs> anyway, Jim. I've had a great week. Uh, the uh, Knights of Dinner Table 208 came out with my cover art. I, uh, we need to pick that up. Yes. I got uh, my two projects for Goodman in on deadline and uh, found out that I will be sharing a byline with uh, on one of them with Gary Gygax, and I never thought that would ever happen in my life. So, Junior, right on. Uh, last night, we played Dungeon Crawl Classics. Uh, Rick Hall ran, uh, continued to run us through a playtest of the Harley Stroh adventure, Perils of the Purple Planet, where I figured out how to get off a 99 hit point Scorching Ray. That was sweet. <laughs> nice. And, uh, oh, and I uh, talked to uh, DM Chad from the Dent- Dead Game Society, and I sh- think I weaseled my way into a upcoming episode that they're going to do on Gamma World once they get done treading over all our landscape with basic d and uh, uh, <laughs> Yes, yes. I, I had noticed that all of their episodes so far seem to be talking about what we Classic. talk about. On our show. Yeah, not even advanced. Just <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's tempting to give them a hard way to go, but I know what, having talked to Chad and listened to uh, Chad on RFI and the Dead Game Society podcast, I know what they're doing. They're just doing it in chronological order, and they said they were actually uh, basing it on uh, the uh, map that appeared in Gygax Magazine number one. They call mm. it Jason's Map. It was a James Carpio article that uh, – Envisioned the evolution of RPGs as a uh, ring oh, yeah, system the, of planets. The big, the big infographic that they did. Yeah, yeah. So it was yeah. it was James Carpio's idea and a beautiful, gorgeous Alyssa Faden map that she did. Yeah, but you know they're doing stuff like getting the the, the Greenwoods interviews and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. young so. minds, fresh ideas. Now, now, Mister Scott. <laughs> <laughs> So so anyway, as, as as I have that map right in front of me, you know, eventually they'll be out to you know Star Frontiers and uh, Thieves World and stuff like. that. Hey Mike, hey Mike, mm. think we ought to double team them on Champions? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been so long since I played Champions. I don't know. I'd be of any. Oh, use. you can remember. You can remember. Besides, you can plug Victorious while you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> well, I just I. I I mean, as much as I like D and D, it's like we talk about it all the time. RFI, is, I want to hear people talk about other games <laughs> that no, I don't get to hear about. Not wrong but I can that. understand why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about the Gamma World episode. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. As soon as I heard they were doing one, I, I weaseled my way straight in. Uh, <laughs> cool. Uh, Chad, I'm available for weaseling too. If you find something that I. Want now, to talk about. now you stop that, Glenn. You stop that. You you weasel onto your own things. We we, Look, we weasel that podcast. I've been I've been, that ride, I've been riding your podcast. You keep talking now about now, it. kids. Hey, I've been riding your weasel tail for a long time. What are you talking about? Okay, in your corners, don't touch each other's tails. <laughs> okay, Dad. Uh, so uh, no, honey, it's not what you think. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> so, you've been busy. Yes, yeah. lots of gaming. Yay! Cool. <laughs> DM Liz. So anyway, um... Did that totally wipe your mind, Liz? Good <laughs> Wow. Um, we're doing our, our 2E game, and so we're talking about our group now, so hopefully they won't kill us next time we come to the table. It's like, yes, we mentioned you on the show again. Um, well, let's see. The past two game sessions in our weekly 2E game, my cleric has been stabbed by her own paladin because he keeps fumbling during combat. Losing his sword, and it flies through the air and seems to unerringly stab me in the gut, in the leg, in... He's, he's just flirting with you. Apparently so. I'm, I'm not sure what that means. I, I do think there's going to be some penance involved, because I'm supposed to be his superior officer. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, um, yeah, um, I'm... I'm getting hurt more badly by my own fellow party members than I am by any of the monsters and villains that have been coming up against us lately. Especially cyanicists. Yes, especially. <laughs> oh, yeah, we had a, a, a cyanicist come up against us in last week's, or I guess yesterday's, game session. Um, he showed up at the very end of the week before's game session, right before we closed for the the evening. Uh -huh. And Mike had been griping about it, you know, ever since. It's like, stupid psionics. I hate psionics. Only things that should have psionic powers are monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Illithids, where they belong. Uh, so a, yeah. a player or, or an enemy? NPC. Oh, yeah, Did just we, kill that guy. Did you have did you have any mic rants during the game or after the game? Oh yeah, I had my she was just saying I had my mic rant on the way home. Oh that yeah. was you. Okay. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That 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 was Mike. Yeah, if if and I don't have the survival psionics get proficiency, so I guess I'll die now. No one has that proficiency. <laughs> um anyway, if nothing else, I'm going to strongly suggest in the next game session that our paladin get a lanyard to attach his sword to his wrist so that if he drops it, it doesn't go flying through the air and hitting me in the eye or something. <laughs> or you can get one of those long cords you put around his ankle like the surfers do to keep the, to catch their board. <laughs> probably flip around and... Stick him in the butt or something. <laughs> Attach it to a shield. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah. Never, I'll, I'll, there, Chase. We talked about the game. You happy? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> he gets publicity in. Uh, other than that, I've been getting the victorious game ready for the con. My friend Ben and I have been working on the Battletech game. We got some cool large buttons for people to wear, depending on which side they're on. That they get to keep after the game. Nice. Is Steve going to be uh, there? Steve? Troll Lords. Uh, Steve himself is not going to be there, but Tyler Morrison is going to be there, and he's going to have a Troll Lord Games table at the con. Oh, cool. Um, he'll also be running a few Castles and Crusades sessions. A new guy I, for me to try the Jedi mind trick on. Hey, Tyler. Yeah. 
Mike told me uh, I could get a free copy of Victorious from you. <laughs> free publication copy. Steve almost <laughs> fell for it. <laughs> yeah, and he, he just went, these are not the games you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, well, I've got my outfit ready for Sunday, so Liz is going to take photos, and that's going to go on the Facebook page for Victorious. We're, we are can going I, to make a Facebook page. Do, Damn I get, it. Do, I get, do I get to take a picture with you in your costume? Mm-hmm. If you want to be there Sunday at 11 o'clock, sure. Yeah, okay. I'll just be there with my eyes rolling. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I really want to be in your guys' game, but uh, Sundays at a con are kind of dicey for me. Uh, it's okay. They it's are for a lot of people. Quick. Yeah, I want to see what Brad thinks when he wants to come, go home and stuff. And it's like, I never set up for a game on Sunday just because I never know who wants to go home when. But you guys are cosplaying as steampunk superheroes? Yes. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Huh? Liz even got me a special dress shirt to wear for it last week, so I I got my top hat and goggles and everything. (laughs) You're going to look like Willy Wonka. (laughs) I I hope so. (laughs) The real one, the Gene Hackman one. No, no, no. Gene Wilder one. Or Gene Wilder, that's it. That. Gene Hackman is, don't, I get this wonderful image of Gene Hackman. Letting, in, letting out my, my inner Lex Luthor there. <laughs> yeah. you, you were close. You were in the 70s. Yeah. yeah. Pretty good. Okay, Glenn. Oh, gosh. You guys have had so much fun. Let's see what I've been doing. Well, we had a regular. <laughs> <I haven't. laughs> well, no, it's kind of chaotic. Uh, we did the regular Labyrinth Lord game way, way. Now I can't remember what the hell happened there, but the last two Thursdays I've been playtesting my convention game, and it's been interesting. Um, I didn't know ghouls were that tough. Rule Cyclopedia, right? Yep. And uh, did you TPK him? No, almost, almost killed, almost killed a fighter though. Uh, the the mage threw a fireball in a small room, and he just miscalculated the area of effect and shot out the front door one square and killed it and almost killed him. He but unfortunately fortunately he made his save so the cleric could rush over there and pour something down his throat and say, hey, come back, come back, come back. <laughs> um let's see. I also liberally sprinkled um creatures from the uh creature catalog and the Tome of Horrors complete. Keep them on their toes. Yeah, I put well, I don't know all right, fine. I'll say it anyway. A big spoiler. But one of the rooms I put in uh, three uh, cadavers, which are zombie-like creatures. And they're, I put it in there because they're just a little tougher because zombies have two dice, hit dice, and cadavers have three. So it's ah. like, oh, it's level three to five. Let's make it a little tougher. But then I read that uh, they regen. Mm. And they not – yeah, well, it was fun though because there's three of them and they regen, but they don't regen until they take all their hit points. And they fall down, and the next round, it's like, good morning, back to full. Ah, Like so, the horror movie. Yeah. So they so, don't actually start regenerating until you think you've killed them. Right. After, and after one ah. and the next round, boom, they're up again. And, um, yeah, the only, the only thing that will permanently keep them down is magic attacks. Magic, magic they cannot regenerate. So you can't even do fire. No. Uh-huh. No, they, they will come. But it's so funny. They go, okay, one more to go. The other one, good morning. And I flip the token over. So what? <laughs> <laughs> and the ending, well, they they pretty much bum-rushed the villain because it got late. 
and I yeah. let them. Uh, the the two major the, the two mages uh, fireballed and lightning bolted him because they got they got um, initiative on him, and it's like, okay, that's it, that's all, he's done. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I know. I know. He's, oh, and I'm running. I'm running vampires out of the creature catalog. The Nosferatu vampires. Nosferatu. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Because to me, those are those are vampires. That's what I think. Think when I think of a vampire. Okay. Um, and when's your game? Uh, Saturday evening after the auction. Okay. And so about six. Six. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what Somewhere. day? What day are you getting at the con at North Texas? What day am I getting there? Yeah. Uh, Thursday. Oh, sweet. That means I get to the Judges Guild boxes of Bad Mike first. Are you coming Wednesday? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. You, I did that last year. I decided to save a little money this year on room. So, anyway, fine. Go. As long as he saves me a copy of Ready Ref Sheets, I'm happy. Hey, if that's all you need, I'll grab you a set. Yeah. Um, that would be that would be nice. I mean, I've spent half my con money promising things to other people. <laughs> that reminds me, Jim. I need to ask you to bring don't give up to the ship to the con oh i've got it right here i'd be glad to do that and i'm bringing cool. my box and I'm can i scan my, it i yeah absolutely cool. and, I'm, and i'm bringing my box of electronics mics and stuff like that at request of uh mince but before okay. i get any emails about this mike and my brother are only two human beings on earth i would trust with this copy to scan it's like my car so Cool. And okay. I'm scanning them solely to m- turn them into MP3s for personal use only. Yes. So. Oh, I don't care about that. I just don't want to be lending out my old TSR stuff to people. Right. And those of you who are co- and those of you who are coming for BattleTech, Fallen Gamer may or may not be there. I don't know yet. So it's he, gone if, from he's not to up in the air. Yeah, it's gone from he's not to he is to it's up in the air. Okay. So I, you're forewarned. Everybody else out there is forewarned. Um, when you when you're dealing with a guy in the service, that's the way you have to play it. So I understand, okay. person, totally. Anyway. All right. In that case, we'll move on to our emails and voicemails. Get down, get down, get down, get down. The save or die email hot tub time machine. Come here, you scrumptious little beauty. Here I go once again with the email. Every week, I hope that it's from a female. Oh, man. And I believe the first is we have a old voicemail from DM Gojo. Hey, Coach. Hey, everyone. This is DM Gojo. Just calling in. Wanted to report back from Gary Khan. Had a great time. I uh, got to play in some Mutant Crawl Classics with DM Jim. Had a blast. And uh, I think I'll be going back to Gary Khan uh, in the future for sure. Hopefully uh, the rest of uh, the favorite guy DMs can make it there one of these days so we can uh, uh, hang out in person. It'd be great to, to meet you guys and uh, game with you. So anyway, just uh, wanted to report in. And hope everyone has a great day. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Gojo. Thanks Sounds for that like report. it was fun, Jim. Oh, dude. Yeah, well, I mean, he's happy because I didn't kill him, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's always something to be happy about. Yeah. He was, he was at the table that was playing – well, both tables played smart, but he was at the table that was playing especially smart and cautious, so they, they were never in any danger of a TPK. I think maybe two or three of them died, but it was not the whole party. They had fun. 
Good idea. Well, well, I know Mike and I would like very much to make it to a Gary Con one of these days. And me too. I mean, right now, you know, the two of us each have a part-time job. And so we're kind of lucky to make it to North Texas because it's local. Um, but, you know, sooner or later, if things are going to pick up, you know, we'll have full time again. And, you know, then we'll be able to, you know, maybe come on down to Milwaukee again. You would love it. North Texas RPG Con and Gary Con are very much of the same hand. They have a lot Good. of overlap in attendees and guests. And, yes. uh, it, I mean, and, you know, there are some things you can only find at North Texas RPG Con and at Gary Con this year. We all got invited out to a dinner party at Frank Mentor's house where he had a wow. loving cup full of prototype DS, TSR dice, D20s, wow. with a sign that said, please just take one. <laughs> like, that's how you throw cool. a dinner party for gamers. <laughs> yeah. Um, as for me, I'm allowed to go to one con a year, so I make it this one, mainly because it's financial. Yeah. Um, I go – to 10 of them if I could. <laughs> but one of these years I'm going to have to miss North Texas for Gary Con or Pacific or uh, Dundra Con or something like that. Well, I don't because, want to get all mushy, but North Texas Con is my favorite con because I get to game with you guys. It's the only one I get to see. Well, thank you. Thank you. Woo-hoo. Yeah. All yeah, right, so then. One, one of these years, maybe. It's, it's like me going to Gen Con. It's like, one of these lifetimes. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, if you come to Gary Con, you can meet DM Kojo in person, and I, my God, I mean, my eye level with him is not quite his chest nipples. That guy is tall. Chestnuts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a big guy. Okay, so um, emails, emails, yes. emails. <laughs> we have them. <laughs> hey, we're caught up though, right? Yeah, we're, we we are no. we are more or less caught up. Yeah, we're, we're still got you. We're we're going through emails from the month of May now. And so, you know, we're only a month behind, and that's that's kind of in the in the realm that I'm comfortable a month, in. A month behind by one day. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is true. As now, as we are recording, it is June first. So, you know, if we had recorded yesterday, <laughs> then we'd be <laughs> we'd be good. We'd be good. Okay, <clears throat> emails. Uh, our first email is from Angelic Doctor from the OSR Gaming Forums. Hey, D. And he writes, DM Mike, I don't believe that even the consequentialist, quote, ticking time bomb, end quote, scenario would necessarily absolve the paladin from all sin in regards to applying torture to sentience. We are not talking about the postmodern, quote, ends justifies the means, end quote, Jack Bauer of 24 infamy after all. In direct contrast to this, the paladin is the very model of the chivalrous Christian knight at his best. Mediocrity and bad historical examples be damned. My two EPs. (laughs) Thanks, and keep up the great work on the show, and do me a favor. Recommend that Mr. Wampler temper his political comments, or at the very least provide a comical foil in response. As a libertarian-leaning Roman Catholic and a Texas nationalist, I care little for the pseudo-left-versus-right dualism of American politics, and I much less have a desire to listen to it in a gaming podcast. Muchas gracias, DM Raul, Angelic Doctor. I'll do the uh, I'll do the comic foil, but you have to pay me extra. Pay you? Okay. <laughs> hey, I'm still getting we will on double, the side. We will I'm still double your capital. salary. 
Thank you. I'm still a capitalist at heart. <laughs> we will well, double your salary, Glenn. Oh, wow. More, <laughs> more, more electrum pieces. <laughs> anyway, I don't even know what to, I don't even know what to say. I don't remember what I said yesterday in the game, so if, no. I, if I offend anybody, I apologize, but I'm just trying to be funny. <laughs> as far as the paladin, I was pretty much talking how I would run it in my game. If one was running a truly historical, as far as the iconic paladin Christian knight, then I think he has a point. But you'd have to be running all paladins as what amounts to Christian knights. Mm -hmm. And in some areas of classic, particularly with Law and Chaos, that can work. But most games I've been in don't generally play it that way. So it's, as usual, your mileage may vary. Yeah. So you're kind of coming from what you think would be more of a polytheistic attitude as far as depending on what god or goddess your particular paladin was working toward? Yeah, and by definition, polytheistics tend to be a little less absolute than monotheistics. And that's not a criticism, that's just the way each system works historically. Um, but I do think if you're going to run a Christian medieval knight – then he's right. You know, the ends wouldn't justify the means. And yeah, you could save the world by saving the tipping time bomb, but you've still sinned and will fall from being a paladin, somewhat like Lancelot. Mm. So, you're say, so you're saying you are the very model of a polyistic paladin? Oh. I'm ah. not, but I allow them. Ah. <laughs> My answer is simpler. I just used the movie Excalibur as an example, in which case most of those guys lost their paladin powers at one point. That's true. Even Lancelot. Lancelot yeah. went nuts. And got him back, though, in the end. Yep. Yeah. Well, I do know in one of our 2E games, um, again, our usual group, this was a couple of years back, but um, Mead, when she was playing a paladin <laughs> of, of the, the, the infamous Mead. Yes, yes, the infamous Mead. I've never um, loved a player I never met in my life so much as Mead. She, she is a real she's a real hoot to play with. I think you would love her to pieces. That's a that's a halfling paladin. <laughs> um, <clears throat> anyway, um, she was she was playing a paladin paladin of Helm, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, she did something, and I forget exactly what it was, but. She was not sleeping with the halfling. I remember that. Um, And and it was not killing an orphan. But she did something that caused the god Helm to, you know, basically, you know. Revoke her license. Yeah, revoke her paladin license. And she became just a regular fighter. And she had to go on this, you know, big quest and do a lot of penance in order to, you know, redeem herself in the eyes of her god. And, you know, the DM played it out. It was over the course of several months of game sessions before, you know, she was able to, you know, regain her grace, so to speak. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, a lot of what we talk about on the show – tends to boil down to game mechanics, but if you can give me legitimate role-playing opportunities, I'll let a lot of rules bend and flex. Mm-hmm. I mean, so mm-hmm. so to have to, okay, now you have to go on, it's like, I spend 50,000 XPs and this many thousand gold, now I've got a magic ring. 
that sucks compared to you have to spend three months of your campaign going out and role playing through getting the stuff to make the ring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Not to mention when you have paladins in need of penance, you can, as the DM, you can point characters into all sorts of adventures that way. That's awesome, oh, yeah. plot hook. Okay. Thanks for the email. Next one. Thanks, AD. Okay. Our next email is from John Williams. And John is basically sharing with us a very interesting, um, I guess it's a magical object. Um, It's called Bernard's Training Dummy, a level one spell usable by all classes able to cast spells, an enchantment with a duration of eight hours, material component of a small wooden doll required as the target of the enchantment, casting time of one minute. A spell favored by many as a way to keep one's fighting skills in top condition while away from your regular training grounds, and favored by many wizards as a way to keep their more beefy companions occupied while important research is completed during breaks while traveling. When the spell is cast, the doll grows to the size of an average human, and a slot the size of a gold coin appears on the doll's back near the neck. (laughs) Once a gold coin is placed into the slot, the training dummy activates. It will perform defensive maneuvers against anyone attacking it with an AC of 10. For each additional gold coin placed into the slot, you can reduce the AC by 1. The doll will try to remain in a 10-foot radius of where it is placed when the first coin is inserted. It will attempt to dodge, block, and jump away from attacks. For every five coins placed into the slot, the faint sound of laughter is heard, along with the clinking sound of many coins being tossed onto an ever-growing stockpile of wealth, as if they were being thrown into the air in excitement. Many have speculated the slot in the back of the doll will deposit the gold directly into Bernard's personal vault. Where this mysterious man has hidden himself away, no one knows. And his vault is right next to Scrooge McDuck's vault. Right? I know. I was talking both, to and Mike. They, and they both go swimming. Yes. I was talking to Mike about that when I first, you know, shared that one with him. You know, it's like, like Scrooge McDuck. He's doing the backstroke. He's like, yeah. yeah. yeah we've, we've got David Lynch writing this podcast and listening to it. Now John Williams. I love his movie scores. I didn't know he made great magic items, though. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, save or die. Podcast of the stars. <laughs> not About that David time. Lynch, not About that John time. Williams. <laughs> not that David Bledsoe. <laughs> but I well, think that is super cool, and it is, in my opinion, very old school in its <laughs> in its effect. Especially the the coin uh-huh. drop and the noise. I mean, cause you know, that has no game effect, but it's a nice Bernard, little thing to throw in there. If, if I ever, ha- I'd have Bernard show up once in a while to fix the dummy and stuff, and I make him look like Scrooge McDuck in uh, <laughs> Wizard's clothes. Mm. I'd have Topaz show up. <laughs> oh yes. Ooh. <laughs> Maybe Bernard is a AKA for Topaz because that sounds like yeah. Topaz. Yeah. All yeah. the gold goes to him. Yeah. <laughs> That would be a good thing for Topus. All right. So thanks for sharing that with us. Thank you. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And our last email for today is from Jonathan Perkel. Hi, John. 
And he writes, Hi, Sodcasters. I love your show. It's my favorite podcast out there by a mile. So don't get me wrong. Uh oh. But. <laughs> but, yes. But take those hammers better? <laughs> oh, well. I, I thought I'd just give it a shot anyway. <laughs> but this top five thing, it's confusing. Uh-oh. I can't keep track of where you are at any time. It takes too long. People end up choosing each other's choices. In a word, it's too crunchy. Come down, come around to this side of the mic. You, it's still confusing. Yes. So far, I agree with him 100%. In the spirit of classic D&D, can you please simplify, 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 and go back to the most least favorite thing in your reviews, or at least shorten it to the top two or three? Yours in gaming, Jonathan, a.k.a. Brouhaha. Thanks, Brouhaha. <laughs> yeah. Well, fearless leader, you're up. What do you think? Well, the original idea behind the top five was to, frankly, save time because before that we were spending the entire episode and usually both Game On and DM Fiat talking about every various aspect of the episode. So the intent was to shorten it down and make it simpler. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the opinion is then that it's not? Well, you know, we did well, initially ask. A- we did initially ask when we started this, you know, if people were listening, didn't care for it, you know, to let us know. And he did. Um, we have had, you know, a few people now say they don't care for it. Um, on the other hand, we really haven't had anybody write in saying we love it. Um, I do know that as far as marketing goes you're far more likely to hear from people who are unhappy than people who are happy. Um, usually if someone is happy with something, they're not going to say anything one way or the other. But why do we get emails saying our show is great? <laughs> um, so, well, they, so that we'll read them? I don't know. <laughs> well, we shall take your words under consideration. Maybe we do need to modify that. I think, I think, I think he has a valid point in doing the top three. Mm. Uh, we could we could fill an episode with that. My, my my mind is always like, can we get a whole episode out of it? <laughs> well, can I, get a whole episode. This smacks of heresy. I realize before I say, but we could just prepare each of our top two or three selections to make sure Glenn doesn't steal mine. <laughs> Quite true. Just, see, I have Quite a true. issue with that too because to me, it's like. Who cares if Liz does mine and Jim does Mike's as long as you've got something fresh to say about it? Well, I've passed a couple of times. I've been trying to choose more than five. That way, if somebody steals mine, I've got a couple of extras. But, you know, if if the consensus is it takes too long and it's too confusing, we might very well need to revisit it and come up with a different paradigm. Rethink it? Well, Okay, we will. Take- and if you want to give your opinion on that, where can they send it, Glenn? Well, everybody, including Mister Brew, <laughs> um, can send it to uh, SaverDiePodcast at gmail dot com, or send in a voicemail at nine four zero five three six thirty seven sixty three three sod. Yeah, and, we'll, and we'll ignore you there. I mean, no, <laughs> we'll- Glenn might ignore you. We won't. <laughs> Now let's take a break and we shall talk about con. 
role-playing game and old-school adventuring. Join the band and party like it's 1974. Available on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are served. Or check us out at Spellburn.com. Adventions! Game on! We are talking about playing at con. We'll start. What was your first convention experience? It's the old con game. And I will start my first gaming convention. I remember it well because it was Sega 1980 in Atlanta, Georgia. It was called Sega, not for the game company because this predates it. It was the Southeastern Gaming Association. Oh, okay. And I was 10 years old. My grandmother took me and my cousin there to look at the various Civil War things and history there. And I got in the hotel and refused to leave. So it was, so it was kind when, of an and, accidental and when, attendance. And, and when you're 10, it's, you've got a better chance of getting away with that. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's not like I had much money. It's where I um, – no, actually, that was the next con, Asgard 81, that I f- bought my first copy of Champions at. But ah. Sega 80, even, I didn't have much money. I just wandered around the dealer room and just... You didn't get in a game or anything? or? Oh, yeah, I did that, but a couple. But for the most part, I was too young. They didn't want, you know, you have to be this tall before you can get into a <laughs> tournament. And a lot of time, I just stood around <clears throat> and watched. But it was great. I mean, it was. I, I definitely remember that. So did you already have um, D&D stuff at that time, or yes. did you go to the con first and then buy? No, I had the home set, okay. and I wanted the brown books. I think it was Greyhawk at the time because I was gaming with the Delta Area War Gamers earlier that year, and this was like September or October of the 1980. Dogs. So I had started to game, but it had been less than like, seven, eight months, so I was still really, really new and enthusiastic about it. Yeah. I'm supposed to be out of you? enthusiastic about it now. <laughs> so that was my first con. Jim? I'm giving you a thumbs up, by the way. Man, see, this is what I was talking about. You stole my first con. No, just <laughs> What? He <laughs> <kidding>. was there! <laughs> um, my first uh, convention of any kind was called RiverCon 3, in 1975, I was like 14 years old, and it was a science fiction convention, but it's the first time I was ever exposed because they had some stuff there that I just didn't recognize. It was my chance to get like a OD&D box set, and I just didn't know anything about it, so I just ignored it and bought my little plastic Starship Enterprise. Um, my first gaming convention was CincyCon in 1981, so you actually beat me by a year. And I was not 10 years old in 1981. Um, it was a local gaming convention. It had been going since the 70s here and uh, went on for more years after that and died and is now back again. But that's actually where I met Tim Kask for the first wow. time. He did the, he Cool. Was, he's been doing auctions a lot. We were just talking about it the other day. I'm like I, – I just remembered once at CincyCon I bought this ridiculous six-foot square styrofoam castle. I'm like, oh, we're going to play D&D with this. And I said that in front of Tim and he's like – I remember you. You're the idiot that bought that. 
<laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I had to lash it to my car to get it back to Louisville. <laughs> so that was I thought gr- for sure no one would buy that. <laughs> he remember he remembers that, but he doesn't remember the Ace of Aces tournament where I beat his ass. <laughs> That Ace of Aces, the little flip book. We all have selective memories, I think. <laughs> it's the only time oh. I've ever won in any kind of gaming deal with Tim was I beat him in an Ace of Aces tournament. I took him out. Picks or it didn't happen. <laughs> oh, well, no picks of that. <laughs> and, and that's why he says it didn't happen. Yeah. Glenn? No, no, no. Liz first. Ladies first. No, Glenn. Ladies first. Glenn. <laughs> all right. It's Ladies, a story. Ladies first, Glenn. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. All right, it's a story. This goes back to when I first got into D&D. Uh, my first wife got me into D&D. It's we a read... story. A lovely lady. No, not well, not at that time. Uh, we were we were in the Chicago area at the time, living in the time, and she we I saw a newspaper article about D&D. Never heard of it. My friends brought the ho- my friend brought the home set and we made fun of all the god names and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't think anything of it, but we moved to San Jose. And she said, you know that game D&D that you guys wanted to do? He says, well, I found a bunch of people where I'm going at City College here that play it. And that's how I got into D&D. And then through them, our DM had the first edition Champions book, which I immediately borrowed and drew up about five superheroes. And then I found out there's this con called GrimCon coming up in Oakland. Cool. And Becky said, you can go one day. Not Becky, I'm sorry. My first wife said, you can go one day. And I said, really? And she <laughs> has, and I have to go with you. Okay. I went there, found a Champions game, and the gal wouldn't let me play my character. Why not? Because, because by that time, the second edition had come out and fixed everything. <laughs> it's all oh, and it balance, changed see? like elemental control and stuff? Yeah, when it went from like the black and white to the color cover. Oh, bah. And so I bought that. And, okay, next time. That was my first convention. GrimCon, DundraCon, PacificCon. I did all the West Coast cons, even OrcCon. So that was my first experience, no matter how truncated it was. Thanks, Melissa. (laughs) That wasn't long at all. Liz? All right. Well, my first gaming convention was when you and I went to Milwaukee Game Fest. Ooh. Back in, what was it, 2003? I think. Yeah, because yeah, we basically, we did that as, you know, kind of a 10th anniversary you know, wow. thing for us. Because it was going on, you know, in August. It wasn't exactly when we got married, but it was really close. So we decided we would treat ourselves and it would be kind of a 10th anniversary, you know, Doodah, and we flew up to Milwaukee, and it was at one of the hotels, really the one nice that they hotel. Used to have the Gen Cons at. Yeah, um, and we got in the we got a room at the same hotel that the convention was at, so we didn't have to drive around anywhere. Um, really nice, expensive room. You know, we spent a lot of money doing this con. Remember um, when we ordered room service and they brought a pizza they with wine pizza. glasses? Yes, that was so hilarious. Wow. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was my very first gaming convention that I ever went to. I had gone to several conventions before, but none of them were you know for gaming. You know, they were multimedia stuff. Um, right. Dallas Fantasy Fair, um, um, Ocon in Oklahoma. You know, a lot of stuff like that. I'd never gone to a gaming convention before, and Mike and I went together 
for the first time back in 2003. And another reason we went to that one was because they were having the first AD&D 1E tournament in decades. Yeah, and and Gary Gygax was going to be there. And we wanted to support old school gaming, so we went there to specifically play in that AD&D tournament. And if you made it to the very last round... Then we Gary, yeah, Gary Gygax would be running the final session, and you know Mike and I signed up for it. Um, we've told this story before on the show, you know, and yeah. we figured, you know, we're not going to make it all the way through, but it'll be fun. And we wound up; our group made it. We won the tournament. Cool. And, you know, as as I've said before, on the one hand, it was really cool, and you know, I. We met we met Gary for the first time that you know when we went there, um, and it was it was cool that we got to do that. But on the other hand, we had not anticipated you know making it all the way through the tournament. We thought we would have time to do other stuff, and instead we were doing the tournament for the entire weekend. It was four separate rounds, four separate sessions. You know, it was like. I don't, we're not going to do any of this other stuff. We're still at this tournament. <laughs> Hour 14. Is this still fun? Are we still having fun? <laughs> you know. but, but, but the dealer's room is right over there. I can reach it. And, <laughs> and what's more is I play, that was like my fifth D&D tournament at a convention I'd played at, and I had always been knocked out in the first round. So when we were getting in it, I was telling Liz, you know, it's really unlikely we're going to get beyond the first round it just yeah. it doesn't happen like, so and then we'll get we'll do some other stuff after that no no we won't <laughs> so 2003 <laughs> right yes so that's really before there was an a pronounced osr movement yes and, no. and that was yeah and that was why we you know spent the money for the plane tickets to go because you know we were hoping that the peep this was the very first milwaukee game fest and it was, you know, these guys' first convention. They were doing specifically an AD&D tournament. Gary Gygax was going to be there. And we were hoping that if we went and if we, you know, told everyone that we were there for the AD&D tournament and we came from Texas for the AD&D tournament, that it would encourage them to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, partially we went to make a point that yeah. people still cared about it. Because, um, yeah, at that time, Dragon's Foot had only just been around for a year or so. Mm. And, you know, the the OSR was still In a infancy. definite minority. And, you know, this was the height of 3E, so mm-hmm. we were the outcasts. But anyway. <laughs> See, that's what's great. If you're listening to this at home and that sounds groovy, you can do that now in 2014 by going to North Texas RPG Con or Gary Con. That's right. That's yeah. Right. You know, whatever whatever end of the continental US you may be living on, there is an old school convention that is kind of near you. <laughs> or there north are, or south. Or there are regular conventions now that will run the occasional old school game. Or if you're our Canadian friends, there's always OSR Con A. <laughs> yeah. Or if you're in the Great Lakes region, traveling there shouldn't be very hard. Yeah, especially if you want to see a green one. Anyway. I thought you were going to say, and if you're Canadian, there's always Skype. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. 
We love you, Angry Monk. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of cons, have any of you guys played uh, tournaments before at conventions? Never. Uh, just that one we were talking about. Yeah. Jim? Oh, see, I'm about to lose every drop of old school cred I have. The only tournament I've ever been in was a Magic the Gathering tournament in Florida at a game convention. <gasps> Okay. Does does it make up for it that I was drinking at the time? It's before I got sober. Well, it it it, it explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. Now I will say I've so, never played Magic, but there's some gorgeous, gorgeous art on some of those cards. So yeah, I've, um, no, I've never been in an RPG tournament, no sir. Okay. Well, does any of you do any of you have any advice you would give for people who are going to play at a convention? Not necessarily yeah. a tournament, since, for instance, uh, what's the best and worst games you played in at a convention? Um, just generic convention play. Yeah. Do any of them stand out as your best and worst games because of the way the DM ran it, the way the players acted, the the way the module was set up, anything like that mm. that could give somebody new going to a convention a heads up. How shall I, I put this delicately? <laughs> Follow the Will Wheaton rule because I, as a player, not as so much as a GM, I can handle this as a GM because I'm in charge of the game. But as a player, over half the con games I go at, there's always the one or two guys at the table that are there to you know show their butts and they're not there to try and play the game and have a good time as 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 a cooperative to goof off. They're there yeah. to goof off, and and that'll wreck. And- if you're at Jim Ward's table, you're all dead. Bang. Game's over. Let's go eat. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have noticed they've tended to be a small percentage, but there is a certain number of gamers who, as far as I can honestly tell, go to conventions and game because nobody else will game with them. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's true. And, and yeah, you, you got to watch out. You know, you you may end up in the in the group with them. Just or you, I, the best ob- advice I can give is try and just ignore them. Well, the or Will Wheaton you, rule: just you show up and concentrate on don't be. A I actually think that at the games. Okay, don't yeah, be a yeah. Or you get like cornered in the hallway with them, where they give you those deadly words. Let me tell you about my character. Yeah, yeah. Unless someone asks, most people don't want to hear about your character they like their character exactly yeah i mean we all think that our own characters are fantastic i'm I'm, I'm, you know i'm i love my characters that i make up but i have no illusions that other people would probably find my talking about them really boring (laughs) and a lot of the things we find interesting about our characters are because of the particular contexts yeah, that we were playing them in. Yeah, the game exactly. sessions we were in. And if yeah, and if you weren't there or don't have a frame of reference, you're just kind of going, huh? Well, that leads into some more good advice, which is just be very respectful of whoever's running your game, whoever That's that right. man or woman is. I mean, they've they've put a lot of effort into signing up, creating an adventure, and sitting down and run it, and they don't have to be Frank Mincer or Tim Cask or Jim Ward for you to respect no. those efforts. No, not at all. Now I got to now. What about like? What kind of DMs or GMs would she would she would would we should they look out for? As far as like, well, we'll know. talk about the DM side of things in the in oh, okay. the Or okay. do you mean to to whose games to avoid? Yes. <laughs> well, 
I there's no hard and fast. You won't yeah, know until you're already into it. And different people like different things. Um, for instance, last year at North Texas, um, Mike and I were both in a game. Um, Frank Mincer was running one of his levels um, of um, – I'm blanking on the name of the dungeon module, but it was the oh, second level. Which dungeon? Lit, yes. Yeah, and, Lich Dungeon. Yeah, and at the time, it was getting ready to come out, but it had not actually come out for people to purchase yet. I remember that. And um, we were, you know, he was sort of playtesting us through it. And during the, during the adventure, there was not a single combat session at all. It was all role-playing and, you know you know, weird, goofy stuff happening. Being at the DMV. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a fantastic time. I thought it was just really, really fun. Mike and, you know, at least one other person that, you know, I talked to about it afterwards, you know, were kind of bored because there wasn't any combat and they really would have liked to have some. So, you know, it's well, kind it's of not difficult. not even just combat, but, you know, puzzles, uh, traps, anything like that the, of interest. Instead, we were just sitting trying to figure out how to fill out paperwork at the DMV. I thought was it a, was hilarious. You know? <laughs> and I've played in Frank Mincer's games before. He's a great DM. Yeah, uh, but I this, guess my point is you can't really say, you know, well, this is not going to be fun because, you know, the exact same scenario, I had a blast – and Mike was kind of yawn. Um, and gotcha. so there's, I think it's really difficult to, you know, say with any certainty, this is good and this is not good. Because you're just never going to know. Um, you're reminding me of the bunnies and burrows thing because that entire game, it was awesome and I had lots of fun. It, it, but we didn't fight. We didn't but do the all I wanted to do was, get it, was run my bunny into a fight and Jeff D kept arguing us out of combat. And picking fleas off of Liz's rabbit. <laughs> it was his fault. I had fleas in the first. And, 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 and it was, he was making very smart. You know, he took the leadership position of amongst our rabbits, and he was making very smart, very reasonable arguments. But they were resulting in no combat, and I wanted to fight my bunny bad. If <laughs> <laughs> you get a chance this year, there's no no bunnies and there's burrows no this bunnies year. I know he's going to. I know. Doctor Sister is going to be here. Oh yeah, but there is no bunnies and burrows game, and I'm going. To, I'm going to tell him. It's like, please, 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 do it again next year, or this year, please. maybe. You can talk him into one. Who knows? Yeah. But, Open gaming, quick. <laughs> I, I, maybe I didn't make my point because what I was trying to say is I didn't get what I personally would want out of my gaming right. experience, but still had a blast. I mean, Doctor Sister ran a great game. You guys were hilarious. I get to meet uh, the Larsons at that mm-hmm. game. Oh yeah. And uh, so keep well, it open mind, right? <laughs> well, one th- if you're if you're trying to check out what the DMs like, make sure in the program or before online on the website or whatever, and they got the games up there. Read the descriptions because sometimes you can get a clue about what the game is going to be like. I'm not saying yeah. it's 100, percent but it'll give you some idea. I mean, some of them come out. It's like not no fighting or something like that, or you know. And just the description of the game will give Very you Very combat-oriented. Yeah, it might not. say that. Yeah. yeah, might say that. So it'll, it'll give you a kind of a clue. So, do, uh, Mike, do you want us to go over, like, the assumed stuff, show up on time, 
Listen, listen to directions. Be prepared. I, I would like to assume most of our listeners are adults, so Bathe. Sorry. I got it. I'm going to assume that the standard stuff, sh- you know, just any time the same behavior as you would have in any public setting with people you don't know. Yes. And and gamers bathe, but don't fall out of the shower. See, you're perpetuating a negative stereotype, sir. <laughs> well, I, I am, mean, but I fell out of the shower. Glenn fell out of the shower. <laughs> don't do what Glenn did. <laughs> bathe, bathe, but be careful. There, there you go. Becky wants me to take a bath mat this year. Yeah, you need. You need. Well, I was going to gonna say. Well, technically, you weren't bathing; you were showering. <laughs> I was showering. Yes. So she. Went, anyway, it's like I—I I, I was so bad. I was going to take like those flower stickers and stick it all over the tub and just leave them there. <laughs> <laughs> and tell the hotel, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I want to say something, but I'm not sure how to say it. So you guys help me out. I mean, we're all, we all have our home groups that we're very comfortable with. We let our hair down and, and right. the, the group dynamics have all worked themselves out in our home campaigns. But you, going into a con game, chances are you're going to be at a table that are mostly people you've not gamed with before. Yeah. So the the player to player respect thing is important. Yeah, and that's kind of something we touched on a little bit at on the email or the mailbag episode that we did before this when, you know, we were answering the letter about, you know, more combat, less combat, um and how convention games you really, you know, it's very difficult to get into a comfortable role play. Sometimes when you're sitting at a table with predominantly strangers, and so you have a whole different dynamic and vibe as your, I mean, like your characters, Mm -hmm. the players are also being introduced to one another and getting to know each other. And sometimes you're not sure, you know, you know, if I do this role playing wise, is the person to my left going to get a little creeped out or, you know, <laughs> are they going to be uncomfortable yeah. when I do something, you know, as a, as a role play thing. And so extroverts respect the introverts. That's right. And you and know what? Firstly, you have to keep in mind that most games are going to be in a four to six hour time slot. That's right. You can't spend too much time taking it slow and, and that sort of thing, or yes. most adventures you may not get very far. Well, let me say that at cons, I know Jim's going to like fall down and laugh when I say this, but at cons, I am very aware of other people's play styles and adjust accordingly. Why would to I say fall how down long and laugh does- at that? That's <laughs> awesome. And say, how long does it generally take you, would you say, you know, when you sit down with a group of strangers to kind of figure out, you know, the people around you, okay, this person is, you know, blah, and so forth. I mean, okay. I mean, that never stopped me before. But uh, it's, oh, within like, you know, 30 minutes Mm -hmm. or less. It all depends on how full the bottle is. But uh, <laughs> well, the, the three of us were at Bad Mike's B one game last year, and that was awesome. And w- along was. with ten other people, or however many it was, right? You you get the feeling of who's the introvert and who's the tactician and who's the you know the the extrovert and all that kind of stuff. And you you know any to me any any adult who's been gaming for a while can probably you know tick that off in their mind pretty fast. Uh, and I do. That is one of the reasons why I have enjoyed North Texas is because being there from the beginning, Mm -hmm. um, 
it started out pretty small and it's still a I mean, it's larger now than it was when it started, but it's still small enough to feel like, you know, kind of like Norm going into Cheers. You know, it's like, hey, I know these people, you know, you see familiar faces. Um, So I don't have quite that sense of sitting down with a bunch of strangers there because I would say nine times out of ten – you know, not counting Mike being there with me, mm-hmm. when I sign up for a game, there is almost always at least one other person at that table that I either know or who I remember seeing. That's right. You know, so I don't feel like I'm, you know, alone in a sea of strangers. And that makes it a little easier for me. That's and right. And to play off what Liz said, obviously, a lot of this advice will be different when you're going to Gen Con. Oh, or, yeah. Yeah, or some Origins. other big con. Yeah. Uh, most yeah. of this is small to medium, which is generally what the OSR cons tend to be. I love it every year I go there and Frank sees me and says, hey, Smokey. <laughs> well, in the show notes, you've got – Thank you. <laughs> in the show notes, it just says best and worst and why. And I thought you meant which con would we individually rate as the best or the worst because oh. Gen Con is my worst, period. And it's just because of the size. I, me personally, my psychology, yeah. I have trouble dealing with 45,000 other human beings for four solid days. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's some, just me. people, some people thrive in being in huge groups. They feel like they're part of a very large collection of people, and that's fine. But yeah, personally, I it just gives me a headache. Maybe because yeah. I'm old. <laughs> but old I, and wise. I'd like to think even in 84, when I went to Origins which was the biggest con I've been to. And even that was just very daunting. I mean, the dealer room was great, great, but of course in 84, you didn't have the internet or eBay to grab stuff anymore. So you went to cons for the dealer room to get that obscure game stuff that your store won't carry. True. Yeah, I don't think I've ever gone to a convention where I was not going to know people who were also going to be at the convention. I've never flown solo, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Whether it was gaming conventions or sci-fi fantasy conventions, I always went, you know, because I knew there was going to be at least a small handful of people that I'd be able to meet up with and hang out with. And if I was just going to be going by myself and I knew that I'd be by myself the whole weekend, I don't know that I would have, you know, gone to the trouble to go. Oh, uh, you've kind um, of snookered though, well, because it's the old party trick. If you want to be guaranteed to have an intelligent person to talk to at the party, you bring one, and you always do, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. You've always got Mike. Yeah, but I mean, before, say, my very first convention ever was the Dallas Fantasy Fair, which does not, you know, exist anymore. But it right. was pretty big in the, you know, Thank you, Larry Langford. Yeah. Um, pretty big back in the day. Um, And I went because I knew friends of mine were going to be there as well. And of course, also at the time, I lived in Tyler, Texas. It was in Dallas. Um, I wasn't going to make a big trip like that, you know, to go to a convention where I didn't think I was going to find anyone. You tended to ride with Lynn, right? Yeah, I tended to ride with Lynn. um, And, you know, I went to Ocon for the same reason. Lynn was going to Ocon. I went with her, and um, Mel White was going to be there too. And you know, so I knew there's going to be two people there 
who I know and I'll hang out with them. And so, um, yeah, um, I, I want to, I want to know someone, you know, I don't mind a huge convention so much if I know that there's going to be, you know, a couple of people there that I'm going to be able to easily find and do things with. But that being said, it's nice that gamers can come out of their shell a little bit at a, a big con, small con, a con they don't know, just to make friends. You know, don't be afraid to, you know, strike up a conversation with a guy you don't know. You might meet him at the next convention. That's how I met Mike Curtis. I went to Walgreens and picked him up a carton of cigarettes. <laughs> on Kind of on that subject, um, to talk briefly about the other way you game at a convention, which is open gaming. Yay. And that's sort of – yeah, you've really got to be willing to go up unless you already know people there. You know, if you see some people playing and they've got the a DM screen out for classic or first edition D and D or whatever, and you think, "Hey, that sounds good," you're gonna have to go up and ask if you can play. That's right. I mean, all they can do is say no, and nine times out of ten, they're going to be thrilled to have someone else to join. That That's was right. the exact highlight of this past Gen Con last year because Goodman Games crew ran an ongoing DCC game every single night after the con shut down in the Embassy Bar, and by the nice. fourth day, we were owning that bar. Nice. <laughs> and you, um, yeah, you do ask to come in, and that goes for like you know schedule games too. I mean. Uh, North Texas has some dwarven ale dropped out, so I got a seat at my at my table. If somebody wants to walk up and ask, you want to play? Sure, go ahead. You know, yeah. and sometimes even if the all the slots are full, you know, a lot of times whoever is running the game, you know, will be willing to squeeze in one or two wow. extras. Dude, I'm like an eighth level weasel about that. Not being signed <laughs> up for anything and weaseling into games because it never hurts to ask. Are we getting back into weasels again? Because sorry, but <laughs> speaking of metamorphosis, Alpha, Jim Jim Ward has told Liz and I repeatedly that we never have to sign up for one of his games again because all we have to do is come up and say we want to play, and he'll let him let us in regardless of the schedule. And he's which not, I he's not. I think it's just, super sweet of him. He's not yeah. just being sweet; he means it because I've I've taken advantage of that. Yeah, yeah. Of course, he'll kill you, but he'll do it so nicely. Yeah, that's why he doesn't worry about too many people in the game. <laughs> yeah, he clears them out pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> or lets them do it themselves. Oh. But I'll never walk up to a Tim Casket and say, hey, can I join this game? No. <laughs> but if you're playing an open game, if you're going to get in somebody's game in open gaming, unlike – most of the quote-unquote official games do not go in expecting that it's going to be BTB. By the book. Yes. Yeah. Um, Granted, they tend to do not entirely by the book with official games, quote-unquote, but they'll generally tell you what house rules they're using right out the gate. But, of course, like joining any game in open gaming, it's freewheeling. Yeah. You know, and there's nothing wrong with not signing up for any games at a convention. The first few conventions I went with, I didn't sign up for anything. I figured I'd play in open gaming. There were conventions where I spent the entire convention just walking around, talking to people and going to the dealer room. Yeah, but I was having fun. And at the same time, you want to do all open gaming all weekend? Go right ahead. That's fine. 
Hey, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. If you really wanted to play in one of Tim's games, Glenn, and you just w- approached him and asked politely if you have an extra t- seat or somebody doesn't show up, can I play? He would be totally open to that. What you don't oh. want to do is what a kid did two Gary cons ago and walk up to Tim and question his GMing skills and tell him, you, you think he misruled a call. <laughs> I think I think that kid was in Jim Ward's Metamorphosis Alpha game with us, actually. He was the first to die, wasn't he? I think so. He was the one going, you know, he, he basically had to do a save or die, and he blew it, and he died, and he just But I going, have 99 hit but points. But I have 99 hit points. Yeah. How can I be dead? Like, you're dead because you blew your saving throw. But I have 99 hit points. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. It's an all or nothing thing. That's why saving throws are there. Otherwise, there's really no point to them. That's right. Well, I do want to say, you know, as what Glenn was saying earlier, don't be afraid to just come up and strike a conversation with a stranger at a con, make a new friend. I think if you are going to a convention as a single woman, the rules are a little bit different. Um, You don't necessarily want to do that. And it's not fair, but people can take that the wrong way, you know, and, you know, you shouldn't have to worry about that. You shouldn't have to think about it differently, but it does happen. And, you know, people will think you're coming on to them when you're just trying to be friends. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know what to tell you, just that, you know, the rules are a little bit different for women going to conventions. Whether we like it or not. You're right. Okay. Any last comments before we move into the DM side of things? Yeah. And, uh, oh, one last thing. W- one place where you should probably strike up conversations and make new friends is, is in the dealer's room. Talk to those guys behind the, behind the table. They're really Because if nice they do guys. creep you out, you can just walk away. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> no, but I mean, most of them are really nice guys. And, uh, and they're stuck at the table, and they probably get bored. In it. Right. Unless you're bad, Mike, and you're wandering around anyway. So, <laughs> and talk to the artists. They're they're usually yeah. pretty, pretty safe. Yeah, and who knows? You may get jobs. I'm sorry, I was thinking of an art by like an artist. Go. So I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyone else? Then we'll move into DM Fiat. Who elected you leader of this outfit? Well, Pete, I figured it should be the one with the capacity for abstract thought. This. Is a simple game. I rule four, I don't want to catch anyone not drinking in their room after lights out. If somebody doesn't share your opinion. Rule six, there is no rule six. DM Fiat. DM Fiat. Okay. Okay, if you're new to conventions, this probably won't be anything you have to worry about. But this is, what if I'm getting ready to run a game at a convention? How different is it from my home game? One word, don't. I'm I'm going through hell right now. No. <laughs> oh, you well, say that now, but once it's all over, you'll be, be think you'll be thinking next year. I could yeah. do that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. I've games playing at the world. Gary Gygax in the middle of the first Gen Con was saying, "I'm never doing this again, ever." <laughs> well, by the next well, week, he was already planning the second one. Well, you know what? I've been gaming since '81, and this is the first convention game. On the books, on in the program that I've ever, ever run. 
I'm I'm with you, Glenn. That's a t- that's a that's a tough thing because it's uh, especially as a performer, it's just like getting up on stage in front of a crowd and performing. Right. Yeah, because odds are the people going to be in your game you've never met before. That's true. I mean, for whatever and, reason, when I was an idiot kid in my early twenties, I didn't think twice about it and just would jump into a convention and run games all the time. But now, it, it, I like, whoa, okay, I just signed up to run two games at GaryCon. These better be good, you know, kind of yeah. thing. Well, well, you, feel you know, an obligation. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to say this isn't doesn't always happen, but nine times out of ten, you don't think your game's strong enough. You know what I'm saying? Oh you yeah, well that's a given. I'm, you don't think your game's strong? Believe me. It'll fly. Unless you get the author of the module to sign up for your adventure. <laughs> <laughs> who did who did not show up finally? Hi, Janelle. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately for Mike, her plane left early, and so she was not able to actually <gasps> sit in on the game. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> and so like but yeah, he was biting his nails when he found out that, you know, Janelle had signed up for the the Holmes, you know, basic game that he was running, you know, of her module. Of course, now that I know Janelle, she probably didn't even remember the Dragon Crown from Judges Guild. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Matt's putting me at Matt. Odinus has put me to shame because last year was the very first con he had ever been to, period. And he's in his third, late 30s. And ne- this year it's like, boom, I'm running. Yeah, I'm running. Oh, it's congrats. Like, he doesn't. Yeah, he's he's gonna be playing on Minds of Feldhoom there. You know, or people his, running more games makes bigger con. That's right. But like I said, you know, you don't think it's gonna be strong. You prepare as best you can, and believe me, you're gonna be surprised. There's a way you can prepare when you're just a player too, because I was out of yeah. gaming for a long time and just came back three, four years ago. And uh-huh. then all of a sudden I'm jumping into running public games and game stores and at conventions. And I knew it was coming because I was writing this new game. I knew it was coming before it happened. So as I'm playing at con games, I'm just you know having the experience of all how all the different judges and GMs handle me. And you know, like we've been talking about, as a player, you're going to find some that are to your taste and some that aren't, and some that you like those things. So I just started recording it all and picking up. You know, studying the DMs and picking up the chops that I wanted to emulate, to imitate Good it, idea. and bring it to my DMing. So, like, for Michael Curtis, I got, stand. Stand in the chair if you have to. Wave your arms around and be theatrical. Act the <laughs> out of it. That I got that from Michael Curtis. Oh, yeah. I saw the pictures, yes. Frank and that's is, a, that's Frank actually is, a good suggestion. Um, Frank is if very If you want gracious. to run a game at a convention and you want to kind of do a, a test that's kind of con light, run, that, run a game at your local game store. That's right. You don't know who's going to show up, and that's good good practice. And yet, if it doesn't do very well, well, no skin off your nose, really. Right. It's, it's a great way of testing the waters to see if you're up for it. Yeah, to, to simulate the con environment at a game store loaded up with eight or ten players. That'll give you the feel quick. Mm-hmm. And also, I would say, again, most slots for scheduled games tend to be four to six hours, so plan your whole adventure there, because... It doesn't help to have an awesome adventure that after four hours when the thing ends, they've barely gotten through the front door of the, of the dungeon. True. Well, on that note, yeah. when several years ago, um, Mike and I were in one of Tim Cask's games, and <laughs> what I noticed that he did, and I'm going to assume that this is his standard convention mode – is 
if the group had not made a decision within a certain time period, he told us, it's like, you've decided to go down the left-hand passage. And, mm-hmm. you know, he kept us moving. You know, if people were getting bogged down in, well, I don't know, I don't know, well, we should do this. No, I don't think so. We should do that. You know, he would only put up with that for so long. And then he would say, okay, you're going down that way. And, you know. With the implied, don't want me to tell you what to do, then make a decision. Yeah. Figure right. it out quicker. Well, as, you long, know? <laughs> as long as you're not railroading, that's that's a, actually a way you can write your fla- flavor text in an adventure very cleverly. Okay, your flavor text starts reading, you've looked at this as a group, and you immediately all come to the conclusion that, and there's the direction they need to go in. What flavor text? <laughs> well, if you choose to include flavor True. text. True. I, I, I do short lines because I don't want to be reading it verbatim. <laughs> as, long as, the- as long as you do that as an aid to the players and, and not as a railroad thing because they're going to do what they want to do anyway. Yeah. yeah, I was and, about to say, and always assume they're going to do what you don't want them to because they generally mm-hmm. That's when you just kick back and realize it's only a con game, and if everybody's having fun, who cares if they get to the final encounter? Yeah, right. and this isn't a tournament. There aren't prizes, so in the grand scheme, scheme of things, they'll get – you know, you get what you put into it. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, I, years, years and years ago, uh, I went to Dundracon. And Doc Cross is there every year. And every year he does a Friday night or Thursday night tune game. And the last one I was in, he didn't even have a plot. He took the the main rule book and there's charts in the back to to roll for like an instant adventure. He did like three or four rolls. I said, okay, this is what's happening. And he just went. I'm glad you enjoyed my meticulously planned adventure. Thank you, random (laughs) encounter tables. Yes. (laughs) Well, I think – Tune especially is a very good vehicle for that kind of gameplay. It's a great convention game because you, you know, you don't expect Tune to make constant linear sense. So you can. I have detected a consistency problem in your adventure, (laughs) and an anvil falls out of the sky and hits you. Yeah, pretty much. Moving on. No, you, know? no, 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 no. You, you don't expect consistent logic, linear logic in tune, but somehow Vince made that made that same conclusion in Marvel Superheroes. Hey, when you're yeah. rolling up your when you're rolling up your powers randomly, you know you pretty much just throw logic out the window. That's right. You know? Just go with it. This is what God gave me, so I'm just going to use them. I just wrote a game like that. What are you talking about? It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I will be. By the way, folks, I will be bringing Marvel superheroes and Ghostbusters with me. So <laughs> it's a different thing than running a home game. Um, it's a whole. It's a different animal. You probably would not go wrong by having handouts and other things for your party, yeah. uh, especially if you're expecting to have a lot of players. Yeah. Pre-gens. Pre-gens, yes, because yeah. rolling up characters, it always takes longer than you think it's going to take. Even in basic. Don't, don't, <clears throat> don't let them bring their own characters. Don't. Yeah, either, either, either pre-gens or they roll it up right there with you there. Yeah, don't let them bring – I did that once doing the Mayfair City State of the Invincible Overlord and, Ouch. oh, that was a headache. That never ends well. Yeah. No. I mean, no. if you want to save time and get going fast, 
have your own pre-gens mm-hmm. and let the players pick from what you give them and, you know, just go because then you're not running into anything unexpected from anybody and the the characters are already made up. So you're not spending 20 minutes, everyone rolling up and asking questions and passing books around, right. you know, so you just get right into it. I've and, rolled- and a little bit of swag <clears throat> goes a long way too. Like, oh, yeah. If it's a bunch of players you just met and you hand them something they get to take away from the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick Hall just did that for no damn good reason at this uh, – we're playtesting Perils of the Purple Planet and he puts a clear plastic bag with 100 purple D6s in it and says, I got these for you guys. Every time somebody does something I like, you get one. And he spent wow. like five bucks on that bag. That's all. Yeah. Hey, that's, <laughs> com- that's a coincidence because I've got some uh, brass gears that I'm going to be using for what amounts to fate points uh, during the victorious game. I'm going to give out. There you go. Clockwork gears. You know, you know what I always wanted to do for like a kid's game, but I re- I, le- I do this for any game is <clears throat> if I could get some cheap uh, dice bags, you know, like the, the like the- crown Royal bags. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, get some cheap dice bags, <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, buy like 10 rolls of Neko's. And take out all the. I beg your pardon. (laughs) (laughs) Take out all the yellow ones and the silver ones and put them in there. Oh, you find five gold pieces and toss them. But what are you talking about, Glenn? What's a Neko? What's a Neko? What are you guys from Mars? (laughs) The candy. No, we're from Earth. Where's your Nekos from? (laughs) New England. Um, That's that's NECO, right? NECCO. NECCO. Okay, yeah. They're like little hard candies. Um, Yeah, they're they're discs. Don't get offended. I just hadn't heard of them. Yeah. uh, I thought everybody heard Oh, kind of like uh, when we did ECS stuff, Liz. We used to get the chocolate chocolate coins with the foil on them. Yeah, gold foil. Oh, I've got it now. It's that old-timey candy they had back in the 60s. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a hard penny candy sort of thing. Yeah, it's a hard candy. You know, those are the same people who make the conversation hearts during Valentine's. Yeah, they're sort of chalky. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, you give them the yellow ones. You know, you find some gold pieces. You find some silver. You give them the silver, you know, the gray ones. Or yellow and, M&Ms. Or <laughs> M&Ms are good, too. Note but, to self, uh, next time check Google before you give Glenn a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I the great thing about the, the Neko's idea is because they are kind of chalky tasting, uh, you're not going to be tempted to eat them. <laughs> it's like, well, where are those gold pieces? Are you, or gold pieces? <laughs> you know? are, you, are you kidding? I used to eat those by the ton. They're, they're, they're kind of flavorless. No, you know, they got I, a little bit of a flavor, but they're, they're kind of I, bland. I always like the old. Uh, when they used to make candy cigarettes in the packs back in the seventies. That's, that's it. I'm bringing. I'm bringing. Nick, that's it. I'm bringing packs of Nickos for you guys. <laughs> There's a joke in nights at dinner table. Don't where make me eat them. Patty's running a game and she hands out everybody their hit points as like M and M's or Skittles, and one oh, player's yeah. down there eating his own hit points. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and puts like frowny faces on their character sheets because oh. she's a kindergarten teacher, right? Yeah, but but yeah. that's that's exactly what I mean by swag. It's a little positive reinforcement. It yeah, is. and not expensive stuff or anything. Just a little something to you know mark for the game to help the game moves faster along, and you know, and it makes your game stand out. That's right. And don't forget all your stuff. Yeah, I'm not talking just about rule books and stuff, but I mean like you know 
battle mat if you need it. Uh, yeah. Man, I, stuff you depend on. I, yeah. I make a list. You know, I already have a list made, actually, for North Texas. And I, I, I make several lists. I've got a list. Twice. Yeah, I've got, you know, a list of the gaming things that I want to be sure and pack. Then I have a list of, you know, the food and drink that we're that I want to have for us to take to keep in our hotel room. And I have a third list of extras like, you know, plastic Ziploc bags, right. napkins, paper plates. Um, so, trash bags. Yeah, trash bags. And, you know, there's all kinds of stuff to to think about. And if you have – I don't have a whole lot of electronic <clears throat> devices, but I know a lot of people carry them around now. Make sure you've got everything charged up. Make sure you've got right. extra batteries for things. You know, have – Bring you know, your cell phone charger. Yes, bring your cell phone charger. And, race saved my ass at North Texas Con last year because <clears> I have to have my MacBook Pro to keep track of my work. Plus, I'm posting stuff from the convention, and I left my power adapter at home. Mm-hmm. And I, so I show up to the convention with like, you know, four hours of battery life and I'm done. And he's just like, oh, I'll take care of that. An hour later, he hands me one. Yeah. And, you know, if you've got stuff like character sheets and things that you want to have, you know, also bring a thumb drive that's got that stuff yes. on there. Because if you do forget the physical stuff, most hotels have an office that yep. you can go and you can print stuff out on the printer in there yeah. as a guest of the hotel. Yeah. So I would say, you know, have a backup of, you know, the physical stuff that you're going to need for whatever games you're playing or running in on a thumb drive that you can print out at the hotel if need be. Um, a backup of a backup. And, yes. You yeah. can't have too much backup. <laughs> and and uh, as far as pregens go, this is how I write them up. I give them all the basic stats and saving throws and stuff like that or steal them out of a book or whatever. But I leave hit points blank and equipment blank because I'm running – like I said, this year, like, like this year, I'm running levels three to five. My, my group, it's like you get max hit points first, first level, then roll for the rest. So – and that gives the players kind of a – it starts getting them into the game, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit uh, something of uh, agency of I own as long as they don't blow their roles. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And I let them name their. Of course, you got to let them name. I mean, we were getting some doozies at the play test. Uh, we did have a Leroy Jenkins. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, Glenn, that's yeah. the that's the best point we've made in the whole podcast is because it's always the challenge as a DM to make sure the players feel like they have player agency. That becomes especially difficult at a convention with a table full of strangers. That's but, right. But, but it's still just as important to try and pull off That's as right. running the game. And in a way, you may feel like you're helping the players by giving the NPC or the the handout pre-gen a name, a background, a detailed history and everything. But in a way, that's that's kind of limiting. It's a little counterintuitive. Yeah, because well, it's then harder for the player to make that character their own. I found it is anyway. Right. Right. I do the, I, like I said, you guys name what you want. I'm going to scrub out the names anyway when I hand them out as pregens. Mm. So, uh, yeah, you just leave a few things blank that they can decide for themselves, especially, and if they, if they need equipment, instead of passing the book around all this stuff, I use my, I've got a, what I call a working copy that Matt made of the rural cyclopedia. And he bound in there that article, different totes for different folks from Dragon Magazine. And I just go, okay, you're a fighter. Here's a fighter kit right here. You want to buy this? Yeah, and that's you know kind of like um, Bad Mike does in his Search of the Unknown game. You know, oh. there he has 
kits that you can buy for like X X number of gold, adventure pack number one or adventure pack number two or adventure pack number three, you know, and just plunk down that money and very quickly you've got the short list of what you just bought. Are you going to let your fighters have war dogs going into the dungeon? I never thought of that. I think he's killed all of the dogs in Mike in Bad Mike's yes. <laughs> town. How could you not have thought of war dogs? I was I was one of these one of these years. I'm going to bow out of Bad Mike's games. In order to take my place, I'm going to demand that they buy the dog. <laughs> it's a tradition now. Yeah, it says you can take my place on condition <laughs> that you buy a dog. You take a dog with you down there. It's <laughs> okay. Good. It's good for at least one encounter. <laughs> all right, and only one. Well, we need to wrap up. Okay. Any final comments on running a DM or DMing a con game that any of you would like to throw out there? Prep and do your best. Do it, man. Help the convention. Help your community. That's right. Oh, it's, it's going to treat. Um, I've never you know, run a game at a con, so I I have no personal, you know. I have no well, personal see, feedback. I to take that as a personal challenge, Elizabeth. Stewart. See now, Liz. Next year, you can run that Call of Cthulhu with the Warner Brothers characters we were talking about <laughs> last episode. <laughs> you can do that shadow over Inchmush. I, I I couldn't do the voices. You would have to do all the voices. Or were we talking for about me? it in the game? It was the game yesterday. It was the game we were talking about doing. Yeah, Dunwich Horror or Shadow over Innsmouth, but with. The Looney Tunes characters as Droopy Dog and you know some of the <laughs> other types, you know. Yeah, nobody sneaks up on Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Be very quiet. I'm hunting Chitulu. Hunting Hawaii's. That's good. Anyway. I can see All right. The, well yeah. what um, cons do each of you plan to go to this year? Liz. Earth, Texas. <laughs> no other con this year? Oh, well, we are going to be at the Rose City Comic Con again this coming October. Mike has been asked to be a guest again. Um, so that's, as far as I know, right now, that is the only other convention other than North Texas that Mike and I are going to be at. Well, they have to f- submit to our demands that... We have to be next to Kristen McGuire and Jim Ward. With Jim Ward. That's right. So and get, him, and get him to play victorious. And Jim Ward must be there. He da, must. Da, da, da. Okay. You can't have a con without Jim Ward. Exactly. Jim? Uh, well, North Texas RPG Con, obviously, next week. Then uh, I will probably do a couple of days of Gen Con if I... Uh, not exhausted. And in November, I've been invited to be a guest of honor at a convention called Yukon up in uh, Ypsilanti. Ypsilanti, Michigan. So get some more Great Lakes gaming under my belt. Mm. Have to give us a con report. Be glad to do that. Yeah. Glenn? North oh, Te- yeah, you already said one con a year. North <laughs> Texas from on high it comes to, well, if you can get the money together, you go. But no, you're only going to this one. <laughs> Even if you have the money. No. Even, yeah. No. <laughs> I have <laughs> saved. I have saved for this. Convention. Ah, okay. The dealer's room won't know what hit it. Uh, yeah. One last thing. Um, I hate to derail this even further, but <laughs> dealer's room, something else. If you're first time con goer, bring cash. There will be tables that will not take checks or credit cards. And the ATM at the hotel will be empty. 
Yes. So make sure you have some cash with you when you go to a convention. Even even then, it's like five buck charge. What? <laughs> oh, all right. And she and treat the hotel staff kindly. Well, yeah, I think that falls under general still. social behavior. Yeah, we don't have to say no killer games anymore. So. <laughs> Unless you slip by, I just got the rule, the first edition rules to killer last month. Did you? To replace oh. the copy that I had when I in 1981 that I lost. <laughs> it's like, oh, you cannot do that anymore. You really can't. <laughs> Not since 9 11. Yeah. Which is a pity, but the way things change. All right. Well, we head down the road once again in our. Breakaway shirts and our Hulk pants. <laughs> and how do we head down the road, Glenn? In the in my underwear. You told me I had breakaway clothes. <laughs> uh, Hulk pants, though. Or are you oh. wearing those on your head? Yes, Hulk wear Hulk wear pants on head. <laughs> trying to trying to figure out game for con. Jim. Oh, there's a visual. Thanks for that. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm uh, going down the road, making a list and checking it twice, so I have all the stuff I plan on giving uh, you, Glenn and Liz, at North Texas. All right, Liz. I'm going down the road with a giant pan of rum-soaked cherry brownies. <laughs> that, um, oh, those, those be were bringing. a big hit. I am bringing those to the con. Dun, dun, dun. Well, I would be going down the ro- road to the con, or but I'm stuck in the hotel in Sega 1980 still, wandering around the dealer room and having no money. <laughs> don't it hurt? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm 10 years old again, so it's I, I don't care. There you go. You can. Go I look at the Atari 400s. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Well, it's, we're it's, off to the con, and we'll be giving y'all a con report from North Texas or about North Texas. Maybe we'll actually even have some footage from North Texas. We if, might we all, even... if we all make it back home alive. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think we should I think we should have Bad Mike on again after the con so we can tell him what's wrong with it. I'm sure he'll be able to talk coherently. Yeah. All right. Bye everybody. See you at uh, 93. Bye-bye. See ya. Good night everybody. Free arc. Like a 68 Impala